With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on? Jermaine Johnson. Tune in to Turn On The Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune into the Turn On The Jets podcast. Everybody, welcome back to the Turn of the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson at Will on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Busy week in the middle, uh, middle, middle weeks of May. Uh, before we get into those dog days of summer and training camp, make sure you guys check out the episode with Kyle Brandt um, and Henry McKenna from yesterday. Some good stuff in there, both on the Quinn Williams extension, as well as uh, Kyle's got a really good relationship with Aaron Rodgers and kind of shares, you know, his thoughts on on him being here and how motivated he is and some concerns he actually has with the Bills. Um, you know, having Josh Allen on the pod, want to bring on uh, the the pod father. Hopefully, Bill Simmons didn't copyright that. Um, but if Bill Simmons isn't, then uh, then the great Joe Caparoso. Joe, how are we doing today? I'm doing well. Always good to talk to you. I think it's three straight Fridays now. We got a good streak going. I know it's uh, it's nice. Now we'll have to do one uh, do one over a couple of tequilas or uh, or you know old fashions here one of these days. Um, want to kind of just quickly run through a couple of topics. We'll get to the Quinn and Williams extension in a second. I want to get your opinion. We talked a lot about the schedule when it came out. Uh, we talked, uh, you know, in War Room, uh, you know, in Badlands. And now you've settled on it for eight days. You've looked at it a million times. What's your what's your opinion on it now? Has it changed at all? How do you feel, you know, about the Jets' schedule? And does it affect the way you view them, you know, this season? The more I look at it, honestly, the better I feel about it. And I think it was Warren Sharp who had this long thread this week about how in some ways it seems like the NFL is favoring the Jets this year. And to that, I say, good. And it's about time because their schedule was ridiculous last year in terms of teams they played with extra rest and the amount of travel they've had to do. I can't remember the last time the Jets have ever had friendly metrics when it comes to their schedule. And this year they have a lot of them. They don't play teams who have extra rest they barely have to travel the first 10 weeks of the year they don't have to go overseas like every other afc east team they have nine home games really 10 if you count the giants game and the last seven games of their schedule uh five of them are against teams who didn't make the playoffs last year and the other two are against a miami team that i think they're just as good if not a little better than so on paper it's a pretty friendly schedule first six are a little tough but there's not a lot of travel involved there and like many, I feel that if the Jets can get into their bye, and I, I like where their bye is situated, at four and two or three and three, uh, they're going to be in really good shape. So you never know what's going to happen. You never know who's going to be better or worse than expected, who's going to get hurt. 
but it's hard to complain about the schedule if you're a Jet fan. It, it breaks favorably in a lot of metrics that matter a lot, and you have a lot of fun games and a lot of national exposure. Yeah, look, I'm on the same page as you. I think the Bills game matters a lot. Uh, I talked about this on yesterday's pod. I think it matters more than pretty much any other week one game we're going to see based on the fact that it's a division game. It's the team the Jets are chasing. It's Aaron Rodgers' first game. It's prime time. It's New York, the whole thing. As you mentioned, though, buys at a good time. They only The only two real road trips outside of, I guess, Dallas are uh, you know, at Denver early in the year so you don't get the cold weather. And then you're going to Vegas, which is inside. So, you know, they have a lot of times where they, you know, are more rested or, um, you know, don't have to travel as much. You know, the Chiefs, I think, have three or four. Or I think all three games before the Jets game are all probably like either prime time or short weeks. So, you know, we'll see what's going to happen to the schedule, I think. Again, I think you got to split the first two. I think you have had no, like New England and honestly Denver are probably must wins. And then you you take your shot with the Chiefs and, and Eagles and hope you can you can bring down one of the Eagles and Chiefs. You're probably walking into the bye four and two, feeling really good, knowing it's a beatable Giants team and the schedule is going to lighten up. Obviously, you know we talked a lot about that. I want to talk a little about the Quinn Williams extension just because I think it gets done. Me and you have been pretty adamant. There's nothing to worry about. That said, um, you know, Rich Media was on during the draft and basically was like, listen, I, I every most agents don't think Woody wants to pay defensive tackle 24, 25 million a year. And I think it gets done. I just don't think it's going to get done probably anytime soon based on the way things are trending. Are you concerned at all? I know you've been pretty, pretty confident here, but you got Are you concerned at all? Or are you kind of still at like, this is not a topic until we get to training camp? Yeah, it's just too early to panic. I, I get that. It seems like both sides are, you know, far apart, maybe not talking right now. And honestly, that's okay in May. It's honestly even okay in June. Uh, you know, camp does not start until the last week of July. Hall of Fame games not until August 3rd. The goal is to get Quinn in camp without it being a distraction. And, that, and camp's pretty far away. You know, we're, we're talking a couple months here. So this is a logical time for both the player and the team to posture against each other. Think he's going to get a little more money than the last wave of guys we saw, a little less money than Aaron Donald. It's just a matter of in that three or four million dollar range, where does it, where does it land at? And uh, it, it will get done. There's too much of an all-in positive vibe energy around this team right now, where even if ownership comes over the top and, and pushes to pay a little more than maybe the front office wants to, I, I think that would happen to avoid this dragging into camp and becoming an ugly situation. Players have been pretty vocal about wanting him to be paid. And I know, look, you can't, you can't run your team based on what people are tweeting or posting on Instagram, but I, I don't see any reason that it it's fair for Quinnen to want to get a little more than what was just paid out and fair for the jets to say, you're not getting as much as Aaron Donald. So the range we're talking about is not wild there. So uh, something will get done. I don't think it's going to be imminent. Uh, I think, this stuff moving around the dollars, I don't necessarily think is directly to it. Like what they did with Carl Lawson, what they're likely to do with Mosley and Corey Davis. Uh, there's still information to come on the Rogers restructure. The Jets will have the money to do what they need to do with Quinnen. I just think it's like five or six weeks away. And I think if he waits another five or six weeks, he probably correctly assumes he could squeeze another couple million dollars out, maybe of guaranteed dollars. And uh, that, that that's okay. Uh, I just don't, I don't see a scenario where it's like, August 7th and it's like, well, Quinn Williams is now sitting out day 10 of camp and 
the Jets are letting this cloud over their entire preseason. I, I would just be really surprised if it got to that point. I don't buy into any of the people saying they're going to end up trading him or this is never going to get done. This is completely different than the Jamal Adams situation. So I would say, you know, if we're talking 45 days from now, 50 days from now, and it feels like there's been absolutely no progress and it's getting nasty, that's a different conversation. But for May 18th, 19th, whatever it is today, it's not a panic thing. It's a thing to talk about when it's the quietest part of the NFL schedule. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Um, I just don't, it seems like it's going to be a guarantee, probably a guarantee thing. You know, I've seen Joe Douglas, every deal is like a three-year deal. That's really two years. You wonder if Quinnen's really looking for a five-year deal. That's three years worth of guarantees or whatever it may be. Right. I think that's what we've seen a lot of times with these deals. Obviously you mentioned the Jets redid Carl Lawson's deal. He took a pretty significant pay cut. All things considered, I know there's some void years in there, but he still took three to $4 million pay cut on top of, spreading out you know the money it's now more guaranteed money but it's not going to count as much for the jets cap again i expect Corey davis <laughs> there's no way that Corey davis is i'd be shocked if he plays at 13.5 this year i think that's that's rich um all things considered last two quick things here um obviously a short episode and then we'll be back with three episodes next week you guys have a bunch of stuff on badlands you've been pretty vocal about we both have the receiver room is probably a guy late Denzel Mims is not that guy. Um, as much as I like McCall Hartman, I don't think he's going to assume like a number two role consistently. I like Alan Lazard. I think you could probably do better as your number two, just considering what you're counting on. Again, the receiver room is fun. It's probably a top 15 group. It's just not an elite top four or five group. There's the DeAndre Hopkins stuff. There's Mike Evans. There's Chris Godwin. There's Keenan Allen. You've mentioned a lot of these different names on Badlands. Any chance you think this stuff can happen? Um, I, I just don't know what else there would go with receiver in the free agent market. It's kind of, it's kind of, kind of trash at this point. But do you think they add one more body? I felt like the receiver room during the draft would have been the time to do it, and they obviously didn't didn't choose to do so. It's going to be hard at this point unless they do something really surprising. Uh, you know, you always keep an eye in August on injuries or teams who trade a guy sort of out of nowhere or who shakes free is a surprise roster cut. So there's things that we can't predict that will happen in terms of the big trade. I, I don't know. It feels more of just like throwing crap against the wall. And it's kind of like a pipe dream to hope that they're going to get a guy like Godwin Evans, uh, you know, Deandre Hopkins, any name that you get really excited about. I don't, necessarily think is going to happen could be surprised you could be completely wrong the other guys that are out there right now like i don't know if they really tangibly change anything that like i'm whoever is left in the free agent market at this point are they are they taking reps from lazard or hardman or or Corey davis probably not like do you take a shot on a guy like will fuller as like a 10 play guy just bomb it deep once a game to him i guess maybe i don't know how much that really moves the needle uh, so I think you just got to wait and, and maybe there's a surprise in August. I, I think maybe they want to see how does Davis look fully healthy rotating through if Lazard, how does Hardman look healthy coming off a year where he wasn't and in the role that they want to put him in. I don't expect anything from Mims, you know, maybe the, the UDFA they're excited about maybe someone else pops in camp. They're not, they're not expecting 
And they'll get a better look at the tight end room too. I mean, we know what Conklin and Uzama are. I think both will look a little better due to the quarterback and, and they're fine. They're not bad players. They're not great players. They're like total quintessential middle of the pack tight ends. Maybe Rucker, you get a nice leap forward for him this year. Maybe Koontz really like hits the ground running. It could be like a big slot from day one and he's a weapon you don't expect. Uh, maybe you feel better about the running back room because Izzy is like really ready to go from day one and Brees is looking like he's going to be Brees by week three instead of week seven. And that that kind of changes how they feel about the offense. But from a pure receiver standpoint, I, it's it's a pretty good room. It's okay. I don't, you're basically hoping that you get the Corey Davis from like three, four years ago when he peaked with the Titans and that he stays healthy and he's fine with a much more situational role. You know, Hardman's a really unique player and adds some variance to the room. It's just, you can you unlock him to the best of his ability? There's certain things he can do. There's certain things he can't do. And if you try to force it, uh, I don't think it's going to necessarily work. And then with Garrett Wilson, can he, and I think he can, no one's a bigger Garrett Wilson fan than me. Can he handle the leap of being a week in week out all eyes on me pure number one receiver and go be a 1400 1500 yard guy i think he can especially with rogers at quarterback but that's a different type of load than he's carried previously so i mean he was like the only player playing offense in that last game of the year that was kind of a weird game but I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. I, I would I would feel better if they had one more proven guy, but you can't you can't do it all on the roster. And I, I'm happy they got Woods in. I feel better about linebacker if they got Quan. I think that's still on the table, all things considered. But they'll probably go into camp still being a body short at receiver. Yeah, I'm on uh I'm on the same page. Um I think, you know, look, I again I think the room could use another body, but you know, you look what's out there. Um, Julio Jones's corpse, Kenny Galladay, Byron Pringle, Jarvis Landry, Nikhil Harry, Sammy Watkins, Rashad Perryman, it's just Andre Roberts. A lot of Jets legends on here. Um, not guys I would, uh, you know, I just don't think they're going to, if they're playing significant reps, that means something's gone wrong. I want to finish with two quick uh, fun things here. Pulse check, obviously, May 19th. You know, got 60, 70 days now till camp, probably 75 days till camp. One guy here, we've done this before, but this was probably a couple months ago. Now that the roster is pretty much taking shape with the draft. One guy you're more excited about than you thought you were going to be. And then one guy you're not as high on as you probably would have thought six, seven months ago. Guy that I'm more high on, I think, I think Lake and Tomlinson will be better this year with a better quarterback and with a healthy AVT. Uh, he won't be like a sore problem spot. He won't be great, won't be a pro bowler, but won't be a sore problem spot next year. So I feel better about him with the quarterback situation. I'm a little more down, I think, than most on Michael Carter. I just don't think he's part of the plans really at running back going forward. Uh, I I still think that even after drafting Izzy, the Jets are a real candidate to add a veteran running back in August. And I just, even if they don't, I just think he's going to be like a very much part-time player until Brees comes back and becomes the full-time guy. I, he is, he would not, I would not again be surprised if he was traded in camp. Uh, I just a feeling I could be wrong. I just don't, I don't know if the new offensive staff views him as a major piece, but we'll see. Sorry, I muted myself. This is 
you know, only year five from doing this. Um, hey, it's the it's the Friday zooms. We get it. Yeah, we all get it. Um, but I, I guy I'm higher on. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty damn high on Michael Carter, the other Michael Carter. Yes, I think he's gonna have a Pro Bowl level year. I think he's gonna get a bunch of interceptions that he either dropped or batted away last year. I think he's gonna get targeted because uh, the teams they're playing are gonna have to throw. He's gonna make plays on it. I think he's one of the better slot corners, even without the turnovers last year. Guy, I'm not super high on. Um, the defensive tackle spot, I know, you know, Badlands favorite Al Woods. I know the Quentin Jefferson stuff. I, I just, I worry that Solomon Thomas is going to have to play 40 reps a game. And that concerns me. Um, I know they tried, they kind of addressed it. And it's like, it's not, you know, if Tanzel Smart or someone like that takes his spot, that's great. And I know that's not part of their defense. It's like not really to have these big, bulky defensive tackles. They want to be able to get downhill rush the passer and while they're rushing the passer, you know, stop the run. I get all of that. I just think losing Sheldon Rankins was a much bigger loss than Jets fans realize. Even look at the games last year and in uh, 2021 that he missed, you know, they got gashed. And, um, you know, last year he went out against the Bills and then the next couple of weeks the run defense didn't look quite as good. He came back, the pass rush got better, the run defense got better. So um, we'll see what happens there. What do you got coming up on Badlands? And then uh, and then we'll get everyone out of here. And again, there's two pods from yesterday. There's a bunch of Badlands stuff up and, you know, a bunch of pa- uh, Badlands and TOJ pods out uh, next week. We had a busy week. Uh, we got an Izzy Film Room Live by Connor, about a half hour breaking down his game. It, really informative. Definitely recommend checking that out. Uh, we also just did an interview with Dan Hansis, who's always one of our one of our favorite guests and one of our more optimistic guests. We'll get you, we'll get you fired up as a Jets fan. Uh, going into Memorial Day weekend, we'll have uh, we always do a 30 pack of predictions about the Jets, so that will hit next week. Have a normal 12 pack this weekend, and we'll have another war room video and another pod next week. Been busy, it's been like daily content between Badlands and TOJ, which has been fun and, and good to see. There's no no quiet days. We're also going to do some type of preseason event similar to what we did last year, so look out for details on that, which which we're excited about. It'll be good to get everyone together in person. And no spoilers, but we might be dropping, working towards a nice little exclusive Badlands hat drop. We're just waiting on the merch to come in. So stay tuned for that, especially if you're a War Room member. Oh, wow. There we go. So uh, exciting things ahead. Again, everyone enjoy your weekend. Make sure you check out the pods from yesterday. As always, you know, subscribe, rate, review. Helps out the pod. Um, we're nearing 1,000 reviews on Apple. So let's, uh, let's hit that. And uh, we'll talk to everybody next week.